It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy for Daily Thunder, and I'm excited to be joining you again for our Becoming Brave series. We have been taking a look at the lives of men and women throughout history who have demonstrated that amazing quality of stunning composure in the midst of crisis. And today I want to take a look at the life of Hudson Taylor. Our oldest son, Hudson, is named after Hudson Taylor, specifically in the area of having strength in the face of crisis, trusting in God no matter what comes, and having this incredible tenacity of soul. That's what we see in Hudson Taylor's life. If you're not familiar with Hudson Taylor, he's known as the father of modern missions. He established missionary work in China. He spent 51 years there, and he was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to China and beginning 125 schools. And the direct result was about 18,000 Christian conversions and the establishment of more than 300 mission stations in the country. And his work has continued to this day, inspiring countless thousands of men and women to give their lives on foreign soil for the sake of the gospel. One of the historians that wrote about Hudson Taylor said this, no other missionary in the 19th century since the Apostle Paul has had a wider vision and carried out a more systemized plan of evangelizing a broad geographical area than Hudson Taylor. What's amazing is that if you study the life of Hudson Taylor, you see so clearly that it was his dependency completely upon God that caused him to be so effective and so fruitful for the kingdom of God. And it was not without struggle. It was not without trial and challenge. In fact, a lot of his early years in China were just completely marked by grief and hardship, even personal loss. His his wife and his daughter both passed away in China from sicknesses. It was a very, very dangerous place to go. And a lot of the decisions that Hudson Taylor made really kind of flew in the face of conventional missionary work. So he had a lot of people against him, a lot of criticism, but he was so dependent upon God, allowing God to work in and through him to do what he could not do in his own strength. And that is why he was able to go the distance and bear such amazing fruit for the kingdom of God. The way that Hudson's missionary journey began is actually very encouraging to me as a mother because he was in his teen years and really not walking closely with the Lord. He had grown up in a Christian home But he had had a secular job and the influences there kind of pulled him into worldly thinking and he had lost his spiritual fervor. He really was not, wouldn't have been considered a Christian, even though he still went to church. His mother was so burdened for his spiritual apathy that she was visiting relatives one weekend and decided she was going to shut herself up in the guest bedroom, lock the door, get on her knees and wrestle in prayer for the salvation of her son. And so hour after hour, she poured out her heart before God and asked that he would save her son, that he would redeem his soul, that he would awaken him spiritually. And she reached a point where she felt like the breakthrough had come. And right at the same time, unbeknownst to her, Hudson was in his father's study, kind of wandering in there out of boredom and happened to pick up a track from the bookshelf. He read the gospel in this track and it 
captivated him. It, it just gripped his soul. And he fell on his knees in that study and he gave his life to Christ. Not only did he give his life to Christ, but he gave himself and his future to the service of building the kingdom of God. So that is where he made the decision, Lord, I'm willing to pour out my life for your glory. I think it's so powerful that his missionary journey really began that day, and it it came through his mother's importunate prayers for him. And when she came home a few days later, he met her at the door and said, I have some news to tell you. And she said, I already know you've given your life to Christ. What a powerful beginning to a work that would not only impact Hudson's life, that that work of God, but thousands and thousands and thousands of lives in China and all around the world, simply because his mother was willing to get on her knees and wrestle in prayer. So I think that is an encouragement to all of us who are parents to recognize that our prayers for our children make a difference. And God does not is not only in the business of answering our prayers, but going exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. One of the most incredible aspects of Hudson's story happened before he even went to the mission field. He was studying medical work because he knew that that would be helpful on the mission field. And he was working under a doctor. It was during the time when there was a terrible plague around London and they were taking precautions. But at the time, they didn't have a lot of knowledge of how to prevent the spread of disease. And so one of the procedures that he was doing with this doctor was exposing him to a deadly plague. And he ended up contracting the plague. And once they found out what he had, they said, you're most likely going to die. Go home. You probably only have a a few days left to live. Say goodbye to your family and get your affairs in order. Can you imagine the feeling you would have knowing that you're called to China, that you feel a burden on your heart, that you are to give your life on the mission field for the glory of God, and now being told that your life is going to be cut short prematurely? As he was laying in his sickbed, almost unconscious for most of it, he really had this clear sense that I am called to China. This sickness will not end in death because God has a calling on my life. And in faith, he laid there just, he said, all of the strength had gone completely out of his body, but he knew in his spirit and he had the faith that God would heal him and raise him up. And a few days later, there was a breakthrough. He was healed. And even though he was very weak, he got up out of his bed. He walked across town and he said he had to stop a lot at shop doors and windows and hold on to the sides of them so he wouldn't fall over. But he said, I am going to China. Nothing is going to stand in the way of the call of God on my life. And again, the same thing happened when he was on the ship to go to China for the first time. That ship was in great danger. It was very clear that they were probably going to crash uh, on this one island and very likely the ship would be destroyed. And the people of the island were known to be violent and known to be cannibals. And when they saw the danger that the ship was in, they started lighting their fires in anticipation of this disaster. And the Hudson Taylor told the ship's captain, we are not going to, to crash because I am called to China. So they began to pray. And right at the last moment, the winds shifted and that ship made it to China. Later in his ministry, Hudson was really convicted about the call of the Great Commission and how so many Christians lived in their own kind of selfish bubble of comfort and self-protection rather than being willing to go into all the world and to reach the unreached. So he would travel around England and he would appeal to Christians to say, will you give yourself to the service of the gospel overseas? 
One of the things he wrestled with most is whether he should take women and children into the interior of China because the, the thinking at that time was only men should go because it's very, very dangerous. There was political unrest and violence and poverty, and it was very hard to even survive there financially, not to mention the fact that there were diseases that were claiming the lives of Europeans who would go there very frequently. But we, he had all of these families, women, children, like couples that had children that wanted to go or single women that wanted to go, and they felt called by God to go. And people said, don't send them, that their blood will be on your head if, if they die. And finally, he just, he wrestled through this issue with God. And this is a little excerpt from his biography. He worried about sending men and women unprotected into the interior. At the same time, he despaired for the millions of Chinese who were dying without the hope of the gospel. In 1865, he wrote in his diary, for two or three months, intense conflict, thought I would lose my mind. A friend invited him to the south coast of England for a break, and it was there while walking along the beach that he had a breakthrough or perspective. He said, there the Lord conquered my unbelief, and I surrendered myself to God for this service. I told him that all the responsibility as to the issues and consequences of taking women and children into the interior must rest with him, that as his servant, it was mine to obey and to follow him. And that is the moment that he decided, I'm willing to take women and children. Now, he was definitely criticized by by other missionaries and leadership of, of missionary societies. But he wrote this, China is not to be won for Christ by quiet, ease-loving men and women. The stamp of men and women we need as such as will put Jesus, China, and souls first and foremost in everything. And at every time, even life itself must be secondary. Now, those are bold words, but he lived it out. He constantly put his own life and his own family at risk for the sake of the gospel when he knew it was a step of obedience. And he definitely didn't take unnecessary risks just for the sake of taking risks, but he was willing to put himself at risk when he knew it was a step of obedience. He wrote this, when I get to China, I will have no claim on anyone for anything. My claim will be God alone, and I must learn before I leave England to move men through God by prayer alone. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. And that is the command he obeyed for the rest of his life. When he was talking to people about their call to be missional and gospel focused and and building their lives around winning souls for the kingdom of God, he said this, it will not do to say that you have no special call to the mission field. With these facts before you and God's call to go and preach the gospel to every creature, you need rather to ascertain whether you have a special call to stay at home. And I find that quote so convicting and so powerful. And I believe these days, it's not necessarily that we are all called to go overseas because there is just as equally of a desperate mission field right down the road because of where our world is at today. However, I do believe that all of us are called to fulfill that great commission, whether that means with the neighbor next door or across the ocean. And to have that posture of readiness is what he was encouraging Christians to have at all times. One of the things that stands out to me about the work that he did in China is how intense and stressful and pressure-filled that work was. He had missionaries that were in very dangerous situations. A lot of them were dying. There were so many different threats against them. 
some of the missionaries from the China Inland Mission were part of the even the Boxer Rebellion, where all foreigners were being killed. So there were a lot of things happening over the span of his ministry and following his ministry that were extremely intense. And yet he did not crumble under the weight of that intensity. And that is because he remained completely dependent upon God. And what an incredible reminder for having stunning composure in the face of crisis. Sometimes we think it's something we have to muster up or rise up and up to in our own strength, make ourselves courageous. But he just said, I'm dependent upon the one who is trustworthy. Here are a few things that he said that enunciate this. All God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on God being with them. And it wasn't a complicated formula. God will be with me and therefore I can go with boldness. He also said it does not matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies, whether it comes between you and God or whether it presses you nearer to his heart. What an incredible reminder for those of us who feel that we are under pressure. We can allow that pressure to put a barrier between us and God or chase us closer to him. And then he wrote this, when I cannot read, when I cannot think, when I cannot even pray, I can trust. Again, an incredible reminder that when we have so much pressure and so much noise swirling around that we cannot read, think, or even pray, we can trust. And he wrote, I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how that is for him to consider, not me for the, in the easiest positions, he will give me grace. And in the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. One of the most practical things that I can take away from Hudson's life is that his amazing boldness, his willingness to go where others wouldn't go, his willingness to take incredible risks for God came from an amazing day-by-day dependence and trust in God. And that seems to be the primary spiritual aspect that he cultivated in his life that kept him fruitful and courageous and bold for the gospel all throughout his life and allowed the fruit of his work to continue for generations to come. So my encouragement for each of us this week is that we would not look at courage and say, well, somehow I have to attain courage, but we would look at our faithful, trustworthy God and say, Lord, enable me to trust, enable me to gain a deeper dependence on you in every stress and strain and pressure I'm facing. May it drive me deeper into your arms, closer to your heart and cultivate a deeper trust. It's not up to me. It's up to you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope this little glimpse into Hudson Taylor's life has encouraged you to gain that composure in the face of crisis and that you would take your life before him today and say, Lord, I'm available, even if it means taking risks for you. And I ask you to make me fully dependent on you for every step of obedience. God bless. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.